Ever thought about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Maverick Mondays. I'm your host, Maverick Peters. It is my intention to change your Mondays, to change your week, and to change your life. One episode, one Monday at a time, here on the Maverick Mondays podcast. I've had the incredible opportunity to sit down with some pretty fantastic people. The individuals who are successful at what they do or are extremely positive-minded in the way they live their daily lives Those are the people we will be hearing from on this show. Stay tuned for today's guest. Our guest today on the Maverick Mondays podcast is all the way from Jacksonville Beach, Florida. She's a story expert, ghost writer, book coach, and the CEO and founder of what she calls the Inc. Agency. Christine Whitmarsh is our episode 35 guest here on the Maverick Mondays podcast. Christine, welcome. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. So tell us what you're all about. That's such a broad question. I am all about helping people share their words to change the world in the form of books. And I do that as a ghostwriter, as a book coach, as an author, just kind of a, a the Pied Piper of authors, I guess you could say. So that's what I'm really all about. But obviously, lots of kind of sub aspects to that. But that's the short answer. What led you to this passion of being the Pied Piper of books? I think I've always had that. And that's kind of what led on other, you know, journeys, you know, like when I briefly became a nurse and I didn't really understand what caused that. I think I've always had the, you know, be of service gene. I did a lot of volunteering as a kid and, you know, taught Sunday school, just, you know, things like that. So I think I've always had the help others gene. And it was just a matter of merging that with my passion for the written word, my passion for writing, my passion for books. So really just bringing those two things together, it came very naturally to want to help people using books. Okay, so what's the most motivating, driving force for you behind being an author? Where do you draw your inspiration from? For me, it is immersing myself in that world. So it's constant education, constant immersion. I talk to my authors. I have a lot of book coaching clients. I, I talk to them about that, where it's like if you you know want to become a better writer, if you want to really have it become your world, it's not just a matter of you know writing for a certain amount hours every week. It's reading everything. It's you know all types of writing. So for me, I have experience as a, a screenwriter and all sorts of other things. So I immerse myself in all types of writing, whether it's poetry, screenwriting, book writing, nonfiction, fiction, all genres. Because for me to live the life of a writer. I need to explore all aspects of it. I mean, for me, that means, you know, music and going to art museums and just all aspects of things that can inspire my writing. It's to, you know, live a completely immersed life. What would you say, if you could put your finger on it, is the biggest lesson you've personally learned from writing? The biggest lesson, (laughs) so many lessons, is that I think it sounds like a cliche, but 
everybody has a story, even people that think that they don't have lessons because they didn't, you know, like climb Mount Everest or, you know, do death defying things or anything like that. And yes, I do have some really, really inspirational clients. I, you know, I'm a celebrity ghostwriter as well. So I really have very inspirational clients, but I've learned that everybody has that power. So I take such joy and such pride in being able to talk to someone about their life story and digging out these gems and these lessons and these messages that maybe they didn't even see before and saying, hey, that's a thing. People love that. And, you know, this is, you know, why biographies and memoirs are consistently some of the, you know, top selling, best-selling genres out there. If you just look at the publishing stats year after year, you see biographies of publishing usually on the top three, top four of all genres. People love reading other people's stories and finding those lessons. It doesn't matter if the people are celebrities or regular people. People love to, you know, look at the footsteps that somebody else has walked and said, oh yeah, that applies to me. That can help me solve this problem in my life. So that's a, the greatest, probably the greatest lesson I've learned. Christine, tell us about the people you work with and get to hear stories firsthand from. Well, unfortunately, I have, fortunately, not unfortunately, I have amazing clients that are very generous, you know, about admitting that they work with me. And, you know, also, I, I want to point out the caveat is we work in many different ways. It's not all just strictly ghostwriting. A lot of it is coaching and collaboration. So I never am specific about how I work with different clients. But I've worked with, you know, like, television star, so three-time Emmy-winning television judge, Christina Perez. She had Christina's Court on Fox all those years. Uh, Kenny Aronoff, I don't know if you're a rock and roll fan, but he was John Mellencamp's drummer, and now he drums for Gerda. He's been a drummer forever. He's like a legendary drummer, and Kenny's just so darn cool. <laughs> he's really great. And some other, you know, celebrities in business, too, and some others that I can't mention. But Kenny and Christina are very generous about letting me talk about them. So this is actually fascinating to me. You work with people and their ideas and their life events, and you creatively yet systematically forge their quote unquote story. Really is fascinating. 100%. And that's why there's so many, like I said, so many different ways that I do that. I help people, you know, develop their ideas if they want to write it themselves. Sometimes they just need help at the beginning to clarify what it is they want to write about and really kind of a plan of action of like, how in the heck do I do this? And then they're sometimes good after that. Some of them are like, that's great, but I need you as my coach to get on the phone with me every week and really just, you know, teach me how to be an author. And then, you know, like, again, the, the super busy jet setters are just, just write the darn thing. I don't have time to breathe. <laughs> When you work with these individuals on their story, you almost get to dive into their brain a little bit. Has this experience shed new light on your personal life? It has. And while, you know, the different disciplines and careers and vocations and, you know, the backgrounds of my clients, they could not be more different. I've learned so much about their, you know, individual industries and, and worlds. But I would say the common denominator, especially with my ghostwriting clients, so, you know, the, the high tier, the, you know, the celebrity types, I, it's it's just completely amazed me. They have a different mindset. We talk, you know, you've probably heard the phrase high performance mindset, things like that. They have a level of high performance and ambition. And I have this idea and I am going to make it happen no matter what attitude that the average person, I mean, even me, I'm a one of the most ambitious people that most people will ever meet. But even for me, it is personally raised the bar for me in terms of what I am capable of doing in this lifetime. Before I started working with celebrities, I don't think I really believed that I could do some of the things that I've accomplished, but working with them, they just, there's a reason that celebrities are celebrities. And I just want to point that out to the public because I don't know if people think it's luck or being in the right place at the right time, 
But for, you know, I'm talking about the celebrities that have longevity, like someone like Kenny Aronoff. He's a great example of this. He talks about living life out loud. I mean, he's been a rock and roll star for something like 40 years now. Rolling Stones called him, you know, one of the 100 greatest drummers of all time. There is a reason for that. The dude just lives and breathes and works and he he just operates at a very, very high level. So that's something for me. It's really helped raise my kind of bar of ambition of what I believe I can accomplish in this lifetime because. I see what my clients have accomplished and just the way that they approach it as, you know, this is going to get done no matter what. And I'm, this is my world. Okay. So you mentioned the high performance mindset. As I understand it, it's the ability to be yourself, to be genuine and authentic, and to also have the perfect frame of mind per situation. I may not be explaining this so well. How would you explain what the high performance mindset is to someone who has never heard this concept before? That's interesting because I would never you know, say that I'm an expert on that. It's just something that I've been a, a student of. And I think the most succinct way I could say that is to be able to break out of just if you imagine, you know, your world is like this circle of, you know, beliefs and awareness and beliefs about yourself and, you know, just how you see yourself and what you're capable of. For me, high performance mindset is like the hammer where it's like, what if that circle didn't exist? What if that boundary, that perimeter that you've put around your capability and your potential, what if it didn't exist? Then what could you do? Who could you be? Christine, I got to be honest. This wouldn't be a Maverick Mondays podcast episode without me asking you, how do you handle Mondays on a day when it's rainy and you're just not enthused? How do you handle that? For me, it's interesting because it usually, like if I do have one of those days, and for me, Monday mornings are very exciting because that's when all the possibilities start, but I do hear what you're saying. And for me, it's really the opposite. You'd think it was like, oh, I'm going to go write or you know work on a client project or journal, and it really has nothing to do with that. For me, it means getting attached to my body. It's like a whole mind-body thing. I'm a huge huge fan of, of yoga and things like that. And then I don't know if we want to get into it, but like the aerial arts, I you know do aerial yoga. I have an aerial yoga rig in our dining room. So I'm like a huge fan of like hanging upside down and meditating. So for me, it's getting out of my head and back into my body. So, you know, whether it's a, you know, lesser scale, you know, going for a walk on the beach or something like that. But for me, yeah, it has really nothing to do with writing or my vocation or my profession or anything like that. It's getting back into my body as quickly as possible. And that for me helps me get my mind right. Wait, so what kind of opportunities do you see in Mondays? This is me being an entrepreneur with a capital E. And this is something that is in my blood. My grandfather was an incredible entrepreneur. And I, if you've been to any fast food restaurant, you see that French fry machine, the fry later, that's my family. <laughs> so I have, and then that was only one of my grandfather's businesses. He was an amazing entrepreneur. And then it's interesting, my, that's on my mom's side of the family. My dad's side of the family were writers. So guess what? I'm a writing entrepreneur. So for me, it's, I have the total entrepreneurial energy of like, what can happen in any moment? Who am I going to connect with? What exciting opportunity is going to happen today? Like what kind of happenstance, luck, coincidence, one per, it happened to me, by the way, this morning, just as an example of, you know, someone's just like, oh, I know so-and-so and it's kind of a well-known person and she wants her memoir done or whatever. So like, what, you know, when is the next thing like that going to happen? And it can happen in LinkedIn. It can happen on Facebook, through text, through phone, through email. Like for me, it's just, you know, the next exciting thing that's going to happen could happen at any moment. And it's much more likely to happen on a Monday than it is, say, like a Sunday when everybody is taking the day off, something I, I'm not very good at doing. <laughs> so Monday is the beginning of all the opportunities of, you know, what can happen next? We don't know. <laughs> this positive energy that you give off is just what we all love to hear on a Monday. 
What's your favorite achievement so far? Oh my goodness. I would say my business, and it may sound like a cliche, but I've had my business since 2003 and there have been extraordinary, as I would say, curves, like my, my memoir, The Power of the Curve, extraordinarily like, like roller coasters. I mean, to the point where, you know, by the end of 2014, it was, it was almost dead. I mean, I've, I've had to bring it, like literally resuscitate my business and bring it back to life. And, you know, fighting through obstacles, and we all do this, entrepreneurs, business owners, we know how to fight through obstacles, but, you know, mine went right to the brink of death, and I'm very, very proud that I was able to, just with a lot of tenacity, but also, you know, learning and sucking it up and fighting through it, I was able to bring my business back to life from the dead, and now it, I'm so proud of it, because in the last few years, my business has become exactly the way I want it to be. I mean, Every client I'm in love with, they're like family to me. Every, you know, every project is more amazing than the last one. So there's not a single thing in my business that makes me cringe or wince. And it has taken a long time <laughs> to, and a lot of struggles to get it this way, where there's not a single part of my business where I'm like, oh, I don't really like how that goes. Or, oh, yeah, oh, if there's one thing in my business that's not working. It's that. It's amazing to me that I don't have any of that. You know, it truly is mind-blowing how some of the greatest businessmen and women have taken their company from the pits of despair to ultimate success, right? Like the phoenix rising from the ashes. Along the way, they accumulate priceless lessons, right? Real hardcore lessons. What was the greatest thing that you learned the hardest way in this whole process for you? I think, and I think I'll answer it more of like, you know, what was the cause of the near crash and burn, <laughs> the, you know, that made me have to rise from the ashes. And it was trying to grow too quickly. It was listening to what everybody around me was telling me, you know, this is what a business is supposed to be and you're supposed to grow and scale. And I, I think I was listening about tech startups. I, I don't know why I thought my little writing agency should be that, but I was trying to just grow too quickly and, you know, brought on a team that I couldn't afford. And just, I was listening to the wrong advice rather than listening to my own heart. I knew what kind of business I wanted. And for some re reason, I thought like, being a solopreneur is like, oh, it's not good enough. People are going to like look down on me or whatever. I need to have a team. I need, I need to be a we in a corporation and do all this stuff. And that really just literally led me to financial ruin that I had to dig myself out of. So, you know, the lesson I learned from those obstacles is, yeah, have, you know, the business and the life that you know you want, not like the popular one that, you know, everybody thinks. This is during the time when, every, you know, growing and scaling and, you know, you have to make your business bigger and bigger and bigger. So, was, you know, I think that attitude is what led me to the, again, near ruin. <laughs> you know, without you giving away too much of what it is that you do, I don't want to dampen the effect and the magnitude of what it is that you do, this art and this skill. But what's the first step to starting someone's biography? I, I you know, just out of pure curiosity. Without going through the whole process. I mean, the first step for me is I have a very, I'm a very actually organized structure process oriented person. People call me a creative scientist. So I actually have a very specific step-by-step -step process that I take people through. But I would say the broad answer to that is the kickoff call, where as I tell my clients, this is where, you know, they're like, what should I bring? What should I preparation or homework? And I'm just like, just bring yourself. I'm going to extract everything I need out of your head. I'm going to do it by asking you very specific questions based on, you know, what I found out about you so far. But I'm going to take them through a process. And it's really interesting because they feel like it's two hours of, you know, they get to the end and say, oh, my God, I've just been rambling. I hope you got what you needed. I feel so bad. And I say, no, I, I got exactly everything I needed. And you felt like you were rambling, but I was actually guiding you down a very, very specific path. And they never see it. So I take great, great pride in my creative scientist tendencies. Christine, recently, I've actually become quite fond of how a minimalist goes about living their, their life. 
everything is organized and in place, is there such a concept in writing? Or are you inevitably going to, at some point, have just a mess of information or a jumble of written ideas, all rough drafts, before it's all said and done? Um, that's interesting applied to writing. I mean, for, that really has a lot to do with the style of the book and the audience. For me, you know, st coming up with the correct structure of a book is very, very important, the right, the right book architecture. And the right book architecture is completely about, you know, what is the best way that this book needs to be written to have the desired outcome on the target reader so you have to understand your target reader you know what their problems and challenges and desires and dreams are and what your content is and how that is going to fulfill your promise to them so from there you build the structure that will deliver on that so sometimes if the structure is you know minimalist the structure is minimalist if it's more you know if it's like fancier and wordier if it's fiction if it's nonfiction, if it's delivering it through stories if it's delivering it through very kind of you know dry you know step-by-step -step content what do they need it to do for them and what is the best way to deliver on that promise i don't know if that answers your question <laughs> Where do you go if you don't know how to express a certain point? One of your clients, one of the people you're working with is trying to bring out a certain emotion and you might not exactly know how to express that emotion or that point or that feeling. Where do you go? How do you handle such a problem? I'm a big fan of just freestyle brainstorming techniques. And let me just say, the first thing I do is hang upside down. <laughs> we have to, you know, lots of brain power things, by the way, you know, being inverted does amazing things for your brain. But beyond that, actual brainstorming techniques, I love just kind of freestyle stream of consciousness brainstorming where just grab a notebook and just see what pours out, you know, mind mapping, things like that. Because the thing I'm always telling my authors is you might not think you have the answers, take the constructs and the concerns of the project away, where it's like the book needs to be about this and all right, I need to come up with a summary about this. And once you kind of take that away and just grab a notebook or just a piece of paper and just draw pictures like a mind map or whatever, just let your brain tell you because nine times out of 10, you, some part of you, your creative brain knows what you're supposed to write. It knows what your book is supposed to be about. It knows where you're supposed to go next. It knows where your character should go next. It, it just, it knows all these things. So sometimes you just have to get out of your own way, grab a you know notebook and, and a pen and let your brain tell you the answer that it already has. What would you say is the biggest mistake for a first-time author? A lot of like first-time authors with this, where if you don't really know the process of writing a book, and for instance, you're on Facebook and you're asking you know, everybody and their brother for opinions about, should I write about a book about this and that and whatever. So that is, I would say, the bad side. That's, you know, the peanut gallery approach of asking others. That can be a little bit dangerous, again, especially if you're not solid on the process of writing a book. I would say if you have a coach, a mentor, you know, this is what I do for my clients as a coach, you know, that would definitely be a better person to ask. So I'm telling you, you know, how I do it is typically because I've been writing my entire life. So the answers are most likely in my head. Yeah. But for someone else, sure. If you can, you know, have a coach or a mentor or just some person that has more experience than you do to ask, that is good. But yeah, I'm just warned against just kind of, you know, asking the whole world what you should write about next in your book. Christine, you briefly mentioned um, some advantages and disadvantages of mentors and collaborative partners. Do you have a personal mentor or someone that you look up to? So many people. I have all these, all these mentors, each one for different reasons. I don't have like an all-purpose mentor because look at the different aspects I have of myself. But I will say that I have the ability to spot the person that I need to rely on for wisdom and knowledge and even, you know, strategies that I don't have, what, no matter what aspect of life. But I rely on, you know, different people for different things, but it's... You know, it's, it's that ability to be able to know who you need to lean on for which thing. Okay. 
I got to stop you. I can already hear our listeners going crazy saying, Maverick, you got to ask her, what in the world does it mean to hang upside down? My husband thinks I'm part bat. I don't know. <laughs> this, I have to back up a little bit because this is a very unexpected chapter in my life because I've always, as you can probably tell, been kind of like the intellectual, the nerd. You know, I've been writing my whole life, so just the book smart person. But I was, I've always been a disaster at anything physical. I mean, even gym class. I just, it was just... I just didn't seem to understand that my brain was connected to a body, so I just kind of dragged my body around with it. I didn't really understand, so I was terrible at sports and any kind of physical activity. So it was really interesting back in the fall of 2017, I had kind of reached, you know, we talk about, you know, high performance mindset, and I was in a bad place, uh, you know, physically especially. I was, you know, very overweight, very out of shape, and the ways of working out that I had tried did not they weren't working anymore. So like the home videos and going to the gym, I just wouldn't stick with anything. And I realized something about myself. We talk about, you know, like self-awareness. I realized like, wow, I don't know how I missed this, but fun is a major core value for me. And I haven't really been trying to add fun into fitness and that's why it hasn't worked. So a friend of mine suggested, you know, this circus school, and it literally is a circus school here in Jacksonville Beach called Saltaire. And she suggested this circus school because she, it was really interesting because she was an author and I went to her Instagram and I was thinking there was going to be all these, and she's a psychologist and, you know, very intellectual, successful person. I thought her Instagram was going to be all serious, successful, intellectual people pictures <laughs> and book signings and things like that. But half her pictures were, she was hanging upside down from a trapeze. I was like, what is that? So I was definitely intrigued. Um, I worked from nothing. I mean, when I first got to that circus school, I didn't, I mean, I was just a bowl of jello. I didn't have enough strength to get myself off the ground. So I, you know, they always say at the circus school, I had like the steepest uphill climb of any student they've ever had in their history. That plus my back being held together by titanium from severe scoliosis. And I was, you know, starting this at the age of 44. So I really had everything working against me. But once even at the beginning when I was terrible at it and I wasn't able to lift myself up and it was just, everything was just a complete struggle. I realized I was having fun. I was just realizing this is amazing, especially the upside down part. And for me, I really embraced the upside down part through aerial yoga. So my, my aerial yoga practice is just one of the greatest joys of, of my day every single day, you know, inversion, hanging upside down. There have been just countless scientific benefits that you know the research has shown over and over again of inversion that it just helps your creativity your memory your your health your immune system your, just everything that could be helped about your brain and body can be helped by inversion so i make it a point by hanging upside down on my i have a home aerial yoga rig and i hang upside down like a bat for about five minutes every day and meditate and it's been completely transformational but something about upside down some people get, get very dizzy and it's challenging but for me, it's my favorite place to be. The vast majority of the guests here on the Maverick Mondays podcast recommend meditation, journaling, exercising, daily reading, or just walking around the block. Do you recommend aerial yoga or is it for a select group of people? Oh, yes. I mean, if you can do it without you know, one of the people that get dizzy or anything like that. Uh, inversion, I mean, I recommend all the things that you just said too, just to be clear. But inversion, if you've never, I mean, aerial yoga classes are popping up everywhere. You don't have to actually go to a circus school. I, I do Lyra, which is the aerial hoop, the, you know, the big hoop you see like Cirque du Soleil. I do that for the circus part, but aerial yoga is available everywhere. And I highly recommend it. Even if you've never done regular yoga, the benefits of inversion are, it's almost like I can't describe them. So you should just hang upside down and see. What really stands out to me from my conversation with Christine was when she said everyone has a story. 
They may not have climbed Mount Everest, but everyone has a life with experiences that have created for them unique, fascinating stories and lessons to learn from. Here on the Maverick Mondays podcast, that's essentially what we do. We take those people who are successful at what they do, really good at what they do, or extremely positive minded, and we pick them apart and we see what their story is. Why are they so special? Why are they so unique? That's why when Christine said everyone has a story, that's why it really resonated with me.